Welcome to the Innovative Pedagogy Podcast, where we inquire with the greatest minds in academia, where innovation, creativity, and authenticity meet the best teaching and learning practices for educators all over the world. Most importantly, hoping all those we come in touch with leave inspired and ready to change their world. Here's our host, Chris Garcia. Welcome to the Innovative Pedagogy Podcast. I am your host, Chris Garcia, and today we have the honor of hosting Dr. D.A. Graham. He is the Interim Vice Provost of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging at the University of Canvas. However, I also know him as my communications professor from when I was back in college in 2006. His resume includes being on staff at Southwestern College, San Diego State University, Princeton University, the University of Sciences in Philadelphia, and the Vice President of Nielsen Information Technology Service. And today, I am honored to be able to have um, with us and you, Dr. Graham, on our program. So thank you so much for being with us. Chris, thank you for having me. This is absolutely a pleasure for me. Uh, it's not often that I get a chance to go back 15 years in my history and bring it forward. <laughs> well, it's funny because we, we were kind of talking about this before, but I wanted to bring this up because I remember my first class with you, it took place on a Monday, Wednesday, and Friday in a fall semester there in Chula Vista, but right. it was at 7 a.m. That's so right. I had to get up every single day at, at no later than 5.30. And I remember wow. you, you called us crazy for being willing to take courses that early in the morning. Yes, sir. But at that point in time, I knew that I was at the right place at the right time. And I knew that by doing that course at that time, I was at a good start from my collegiate undergraduate career. So, Well, listen, you were one of my best and brightest and you brought a uh, passion to that, that course. It was an intro to communications course. Um, and so, yeah, I saw something in you then and which is why I would challenge you in the class and, uh, or as, as some students will say, pick on you. Um, <laughs> so I always say I only pick on the ones that I love. So uh, yeah. it's, it's great to see how you've grown and developed and what you've done uh, in the world and how you're making an impact in the lives of young people uh, to this day. So I'm absolutely happy to be here with you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And um, I, I, you've been on my heart for this last year because there's been a lot of things that have happened in 2020. And um, uh, one of the biggest challenges of many that we faced um, as a society in general was a lot of the challenges happening with racial tension. And it brought up a lot of, of um, I would say, either scars and history and pain for a lot of people. But then it also brought an awareness to mm -hmm. individuals within society to be, all right, what am I going to do to make this change? How am I going to change this? And then even in my field of academia, of how are we going to um, support students? How are we going to become more inclusive? How are we going to make sure that the history that we're telling um, is the accurate history, but at the same time, a history where we can begin to heal from? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I'm not going to, I kid you not, uh, within academia and, and various institutions that I'm involved in, the heart is in the right place. We want to see healing. We want to be able to see um, people talk about these issues and challenges. But the challenges, even within us and having these conversations, have been how? How does the one start? So that leads me to the first question I wanted to kind of pick your brain on is, is where does one start? How does one begin opening the doors and opportunities for racial conversations within a system that's been around for a while? Mm. Listen, I, that's that's a wonderful place to start. I, and I think for me, um, it all starts with folks who are willing to come together and say, 
this is something that's important to us and we want to dialogue about what's happening here. We want to be able to um, not have folks educate us, but we'd like to educate ourselves, but also have folks who've experienced these things journey with us, right? So the, the concept here is, how do we have folks who, you know, who are willing to say, I am ignorant on these subject matters. I would love to be able to dialogue with folks who've experienced these things, even with folks who have not, but who are willing to challenge themselves in a way that moves us beyond the status quo, right? And so it's important to be able to say, hey, can we start a book club? Let's start with a book, right? Let's choose a book, you know, cast or right, uh, white fragility or um, you know, stamped, right? Uh, let's figure out a way, or, or maybe it's it doesn't have to be around race, right? It could be around any social identity. Obviously, there was a racial reckoning this summer or this past summer with the death of George Floyd which triggered it. But for me, there was a triangulation there, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. and then right, George Floyd was a part of that process that ultimately closed that triangle. Yeah. Uh, and that was that traumatic piece um, was the part that reached into the brains and the minds and the hearts of the folks who watched a man die in front of them. And people began to ask themselves, why, right? And I think that's where it starts, right? Why did this happen? How can we not allow this to happen again? And I, I think that's where a lot of uh, dialogues began. And I would say to folks, you know, prepare to be uncomfortable, right? Um, because a lot of people believe when they're uncomfortable, that they're unsafe. And I say, that's not true. Mm. Um, uncomfortability does not equal uh, unsafe. It just means you're moving to the edge of your comfort zone, right? And actually what we call that is the growing edge. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say, you know, just walk up to a person. I think there's a YouTube video um, there's a YouTube uh, channel of a guy uh, who's doing conversations, uh, uncomfortable conversations with a black man. Um, wow. He was a former football player at the University of Texas, and then he went on to play in the NFL. But there's a whole series of videos that he's done with people that he entitled Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Well, now he he's turned that into a book. Yeah. So again, these are ways that you can just sit down with people Right. On both now, here's I'm going to say this, and it's important that people recognize we have to be willing to come to the table with open hearts. Yeah, right? absolutely. And to your point, how do we deal with the trauma of folks who've been abused uh, uh, and when who who have experienced abuse and discrimination and prejudice? Um, maybe their entire existence, or going back through their diaspora. Um, and then when those children come into our spaces and you as a, as a teacher in K through 12, um, when those, those students are bringing that history with them into that space. Yeah. So for, for us to say, I don't feel comfortable having that conversation or I'm not qualified to have that conversation. 
you can start a dialogue, but the first thing you can do is start to educate yourself first and then reach out and say, hey, I'm starting to educate myself. I would love to bounce some things off of you. That's that's very powerful. That's that's extremely powerful. And you even kind of tapped into the second question I was thinking as far as like the sometimes there might be people that you're talking to that even feel unqualified. Like I, I need to have this conversation or we need to have it. Um um and some people may feel unqualified. I know there's even like some book titles entitled that and and um but the question I, I wanted to just focus on was so how do you uh, address that? If and it kind of if you don't mind elaborate a little bit more of, of if someone does feel uncomfortable and 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 if pain starts to arise again, like what are some solutions for that? What where are some ways where someone can at least know like you know what I do feel uncomfortable, but I know that if I go through this, I, I I'll eventually feel safer. And for an example, like and this is going to be a an interesting metaphor, but like I hate running, and this in the last five days, you went to where I was going to go. Yeah, go ahead. I hate running, but the last five days, I've 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 forced myself. Like, all right, I'm gonna run a mile a day, and mm -hmm. uh, and I've done that. I've done that every day this week, and um, but I, I kid you not, as soon as I begin, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna feel uncomfortable, but I know that where I finish off at the end of it, like it's the greatest feeling in the world. Like after I catch my breath, after I've gone through that pain, like I just feel a weight off my shoulders and I'm like, all right, now I can eat some real breakfast now without feeling guilty about it. <laughs> so that's a concept. So, so I used to hate running myself, right? I, yeah. I hated it with a passion. I was in the military. I used to have to run for work, right? Yeah. So, um, so when I left the military, I, I hated, I'm going to run with this analogy and then I'm going to roll into uh, the question that you asked me. Um, so, and, and so, yes, uh, until I got to a point to where I could right, take a few steps and then say, oh, that wasn't so bad, and then go back and do it again, right? So what, so the question is, yes, it was, my chest was burning, my lungs were uh, uh, overworked, my legs were burning, um, but you're right. There is something chemically that happened inside of my head, right? Those yeah. endorphins were set off that says, congratulations, you did something good today. Now yeah. reward yourself. Yeah. So in order for us to get past that uncomfortability, we have to push past what we believe are the barriers in our minds that are telling us we, we are not qualified to do these things. So um, and then ultimately, I became a marathoner. I ran 26.2 miles more than once. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> um, but my point to you is, it, it, it doesn't mean that even when I practice and run, it doesn't mean that while I'm not running, I don't, I'm not hurting. Right. It doesn't mean that my mind is saying, hey, you need to just stop because this is not, you're not going to get to where you're trying to go. Yeah, there are there are are, are 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 interferences right that are trying to keep me from continuing to push myself and make myself better, right? And a lot of times those are internal voices that we need to quiet. So here's some things uh, um, that I would recommend some tips for facilitating challenges, challenging dialogues, right, or conversation. Yeah. One is to ask yourself, am I equipped to facilitate a dialogue on X, Y, and Z, X, Y, or Z, right? Right. So the first thing is under that would be, what are my biases? 
right? So I need to check myself. So this is the first thing I'm asking you to do is to check yourself, right? Check in with you, right? Do some self-introspection, right? Am I able to separate managing the process from the content? Mm. Now, those are two different things. You have content and you have the process. So can I manage the process, right? Separate from the content. Wow. So that means as a facilitator, my job is not to take it personal what people are saying in that space. Yeah. My job is to facilitate that process. Okay. Uh, the other part is what assumptions am I making about this particular topic? Am I bringing those assumptions to the table? Yeah. Then you do that check in with yourself. Identify uh, its distorted thinking uh, images, right? Absolute thinking, overgeneralizations, uh, mental filters, um, things like jumping to conclusions, uh, magnifications, minimizations, right? Emotional reasoning, labeling, blaming, judging, all of those different things. So then I, what, what we do is we ask folks to practice empathy, mm. right? Do I have the capacity to place myself in the other person's position? Wow. Right? Yeah. So if I'm doing a dialogue on race, or if, I, if I'd like to do or facilitate a conversation on race, do I have the capacity to put myself in the place of a person of African-American descent, of uh, Mexican-American descent? You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. Native American descent, right? So expect that everyone, right, may be at a different level of experience and impact. Yeah. Right. So, and so what, what do I mean by that? You want to make sure that you ask the group to do check-ins, right? So you do group check-ins. So basically, I'm walking you through how you can literally show up in a space and compartmentalize, right? That's the other part of this is being able to compartmentalize, but also being able to be vulnerable mm -hmm. and to be able to own the fact that, listen, I'm not a person of color or I am a person of color, but I, I have privileges, right? So I'm a vice provost, right? right. So I have a, a level of privilege, right? Socioeconomic, educational, I have to recognize, but I still bring my marginalized identity to this space. Right. Right. I still bring that history. So I need to expect that everyone may not be at the level of experience and impact. And, and hold some space for that. Right. Yeah. Um, now, when a statement is made that creates a visceral reaction. <laughs> pause. Don't react. Wow. Right. Yeah. Accept the silence. Just. I know it's a podcast, so we can't be silent. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, actually, we're recording this on video, too, so it'll be on YouTube. The ones watching will get the point, so. <laughs> right. So you make sure you ask other members of the group to react, not just you. Ask others to react to what has been said. This moment, right? This space and time, uh, and so it's 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 vital. And then a, a couple of more things, real quickly. No, if if a statement is made, ask a divergent question to seek clarity, right? So pivot, 
right? See if you can pivot and ask a, ver- a, a divergent question that allows you to seek clarity. Yeah. Tell me more about X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Can you explain? Now, one of, one of my favorites is, can you unpack that for me? It's a good attention yeah. frame, yeah. Uh, right, let, and then ultimately, right, you want to let the group ask each other questions. Mm-hmm. Now, you need to be able to manage that because someone may be activated yeah. by something that somebody said. Yeah? Exactly, yes, yeah. So a part of the beginning, Chris, is we need to set the norms for how we are going to behave with each other. Right, we set group norms. Right. right. I don't like setting rules. We don't. I, that's why I don't. You didn't hear me say ground rules. No. Right. Because rules are made to be broken. Exactly. What we set are agreements. Yeah. 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 Right. So that way it's coming from my heart and not from my head. Yeah. Because what you're talking about here, Chris, is heart work, not head work. It's hard to change people's minds. Right. If you think about what happened at the Capitol on January the 6th, mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to change those folks' minds about that Donald Trump did not lose the election outside of fraud, right? right. So my point to you is, okay, allow that person to say that statement without holding them in wrongness or badness. Mm. You see? Yeah. We shouldn't, so the the point is, okay, this person obviously has a particular perspective that's different from mine. Right. I want to understand more. So this is why you say, hey, tell me more about that. Can you help me understand by explaining or expanding on, on that topic for me? Now, the concept here is you're not holding them in wrongness or badness. Yeah. Your intention is to connect and understand. Connect and understand. Yeah. Because usually when people say something that we are offended by, Mm -hmm. we want to do what? Punish them because they're wrong. Right. Okay. Yeah. So empathy says that's not the way that we are going to approach this. Yeah. Right. If we come from a place of love, unconditional love, agape, and you know what I'm talking about when I say agape. Yes, sir. So we we are not trying to do the enemy image here. Right. This is a human being just like you. Yeah. They just see the world from a different perspective and a different space. Mm. Now, I've taken people from Tea Party Republicans to Black Lives Matter advocates. Wow. It's by holding space for them without judging them. Yeah. It's allowing them to hold a particular position that they are that they have not had challenged before. Yeah. Right? Now, the moment we judge people, right? The moment we judge, we evaluate, we diagnose, we label, we blame. They go into defense mode and they mm-hmm. want to fight you. Right. Okay? Yeah. Now, if I said, "Hmm, that's an interesting concept, Chris." Tell me more about that. I see. Now, and then I just start asking questions. I become curious. Yeah. And so what we do, we start digging. Now, what you want to do is to, it's sort of like in the classroom, when a student uh, is challenging a particular concept. 
right, that you're teaching. Yeah. You don't shame that student. I hope you don't. I know you. I know you would <laughs> never do that. Yeah. What you do is, right, so education, right? So the concept of education is what? An educator is a person, right? Your job as an educator is to lead students mm-hmm. out of ignorance. Right. Now, notice I said lead them. I didn't say push them. I didn't say kick them. I didn't say bully them, right? My job is to lead. Now, lead is if I'm, I'm out front on this issue. Yeah. And I'm going to allow you now to articulate to me without me judging you or holding you in wrongness or badness, yeah. right? So again, when you think about it, when people when people say things that we don't like, we want them punished for it, which is why you see the cancel culture. Yeah. 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 Or calling people out. <laughs> yeah. Right? Or la 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 la. I don't want to hear anything you say. It does not match what I believe. La 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 la. Right. I see that on university campuses all the time. Yeah. Shouting people down. Right. Because their perspective is different from yours. Yeah. I said, where's the education there? Yeah. Where's the educational opportunity? Absolutely. Even on my part. Yeah. So let me. I'm gonna wrap this up real quick. Now the other thing that you want to do is make behavioral observations. Right. Okay. So you want to make sure that you check check in with the group and let the group drive the process. Don't you say, oh, wait a minute, we, we're all killed. We're all, no, 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 no. What you want to say, okay, if the group is going somewhere else, allow the group to go there. Good. And yeah. just keep, right? Your job is to keep them from going off the rails. Yeah. But just ebb and flow with them as they're going. Yeah. And then when you can, bring them back around full circle. Yeah. Yeah. So am I observing what other people or others are doing, right? How can uh, or how would the group uh, like to address this issue, right? Those are questions you can ask, Yeah. right? Um, And so finally, you want to acknowledge individuals' experiences, uh, sharing by recognizing their courage. We don't do that enough. Recognize their courage to share and be vulnerable in that space. Yeah. Even if it is something that's contrary to what you believe. Yeah. The level of emotions and then be authentic in doing so. Yeah. Let them know that you're genuine. The emotional safety. You want to create psychological safety. Emotional psychological safety is important. Okay. If there is an emotional breakdown, don't stop. A lot of people are like, okay, we we can't keep going now. I'm asking you, don't stop. Acknowledge it. Yeah. You want to acknowledge it. And then respectfully ask the group and the individuals, if there's time, can we extend the time to handle what just happened? Right? So you want to get the group's permission. Yeah. Right? To move forward. Then finally, your role to facilitate the process, it may be difficult to also engage. So. For you to be, so it's all—it's sort of like, are you going to be the teacher or the learner? Or are you going to be the invisible tour guide? Yeah. Right? So yeah. those are two different setups. One, 
We, I am teacher and I am learner. You are teacher, you are learner, right? Everybody in this circle are teacher and learner. Right. The other is, I am a tour guy. I'm going to ask questions and drop it in the center and then just watch what happens. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. And then just, again, just make sure it doesn't go off the rails. Right, right. So as a facilitator, the group drives the process, right? Your job is to pose questions to the group. Right. That's that. Right. Drop the question in the middle and then you just make sure they don't go off the rails yeah. and then allow for adequate time for the group to share and consider. Right. Just make sure you, you consider the fact that you praise people for their abilities to show up in that space. Like that. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to ask a question somewhat off, not off the topic, but more off the ones I sent you. But yeah, yeah. You kind of hit right now uh, of um, of of talking to, uh, to someone that's, you know, the Tea Party, right, Republicans, and then kind of like having them see and ha- being able to like have those discussions with them and conversations to kind of open their eyes and kind of see what really is also happening in society. But then wait, having those conversa- conversations, but if you don't mind sharing, like, what's the timeline look like? I mean, and that's kind of hard because I know everyone's heart is different. Everyone's experiences are different. Someone can probably be healed within maybe one night, and then someone's going to take maybe years. Sure. Yeah. So, so how, how, like, how do you continue to have those conversations, knowing that you're going to get some pushback, but then yet, like, how how patient can you be, if that makes any sense? Well, this work, this work is long term work. This is not short term work. Right. Yeah. This is not you go give a shot in the arm, and now you've been inoculated. Right. <laughs> There's no vaccine, right, for racism. Right. Right. <laughs> You see, yeah. Um, so we have to allow folks an opportunity for for however long it takes. Now, there are some people who will, yes, like you said, they will not need the same amount of time as others. What I would say is, you need a sustained and ongoing process. Mm. Okay, you need a sustained and ongoing process. Don't try to do this and say a one-time shot and ta-da. Racial harmony and utopia. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. So we have to be able to say, look, we want to get together, let's say once a month, and we're going to come to this space, and it'll be the same people. I want to invite the same people to keep yeah. coming back to this space. That's how you create intimacy, and that's how you create learning, and that's how you create sharing, right? Familiarity breeds trust. Mm. And if I don't trust you, right? Then I'm not going to share with you. Yeah. So the more familiar I am with you, this is why when I do work with folks, we take at least a week or two, the first two meetings, sometimes three, just to build trust. Yeah. We don't get into hot topics. Right. <laughs> right. right. Let's talk about, right, the dragging, right, the, you know, hanging of uh, a noose, right, or on the college campus. Yeah. Uh, we need to build trust first before we do that, yeah. right? Um, and so it's important that we we take our time and do it, Chris. And this is why I like book clubs, right? You yeah. can take a chapter a week, right? Or every other week, right? And I was a part of a book club not this summer. Um, and uh, we did it every week. Every, every week at noon for an hour, we all got together and we became so much closer, right? And these were allies 
who were doing the work. These were people who didn't look like me. Yeah. Who wanted to be right, who wanted to work and 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 make a difference and make a change. Yeah. And the only way we do this is we all have to do it together. Right? Yeah. So I would say it needs to be sustained and ongoing. Yeah. Set a particular time, the same time, every time, the same space. Zoom is obviously a great place, yeah. place to do it in yeah. because people don't have to travel. Right. Now, the only bad part is we don't get to be in each other's company physically. Right. But it allows us to invite people in who may not right, normally get a chance to be a part of that group. Um, I created a group called Collisions. Okay. And we meet once a month. And we, we first start out and we just do a weather report. So everybody just talk about whether weather they're emotional weather, not the weather where they live. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they we do weather reports, and so then after that, uh, everybody's checked in. We check in on each other, and then we get into um, the essentials of conversation. About so we give ten minutes per person to talk about what's going on in their lives, mm-hmm. what they've experienced over the week challenges, uh, good things that's happened to them, right? Joyful things. And then they get to ask the group for assistance. Yeah. If something they're having a challenge with something, right? Um, And so there's a a friend of mine in there. She's she's white and she's teaching a whiteness course, right? Um, I think it's from the concept of waking up white. Okay. Um, And so... But it's talking about privilege, right? It's talking about the privilege, the benefits that have been afforded to folks in that space. And she's found, right, as a, as a, that she, her son said to her, you, you're not qualified to teach that. Wow. You see? Cause she hadn't had DEI training. Wow. But that wasn't the point, right? This was a person who was a bona fide trainer. Yeah. Right. She had the skills to know how to do research. Yeah. This was a topic that was a passion for her. And then here's somebody who's saying, you shouldn't be teaching that. You're not qualified to teach that. No, 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 no. She is qualified because she's done her research. Mm-hmm. She has her, right, her, her data points and documentation. And, and really, she's opening up for Essential conversations. Yeah. And why would you discourage that? Right. That's, That's a part of the elitism, right? Yeah. Elitism, right? It's sort of like, I hate to say that. I know you're a teacher, but it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's, like, it's, it's like tenure, right? When we get tenure, for some odd reason, we seem to think that now we're we're different in a way where we're elevated above other teachers. Yeah. Who are not tenured. No. Yeah. You see? Yeah. And now we've created this caste system in education. Yeah. Absolutely. And I see it in higher ed, right? If you got an EDD versus a PhD, you're treated different. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And God forbid you have a master's degree teaching, right? Yeah. Uh, Excuse me, I'm sorry. How dare you? <laughs> right? So it's this caste system we've created in academia. Yeah. 
Um, even that faculty are right. You got senior administrators, students, fac- tenured faculty. Yeah. Um, and then you've got um, right then lecturers, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you got the staff, and then at the bottom are graduate students, <laughs> right? They're holding up the pyramid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but my point to you is that's a part of elitism. That's not inclusion. How is that equitable or inclusive? Right. So we have to be willing to interrogate our systems. Yeah. And say, are we truly being inclusive or are we just being perfunctory or I'm sorry, performative and just paying lip service to this diversity thing because we're feeling a little guilty. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why, I mean, it took me about a year to bring up this topic and I've been, <laughs> because it's like, where do oh, I start? Yeah. yeah, you're right. And, and, and even then it's like, okay, let me bring it up. But then yet there's times where like, I, I don't feel qualified specifically considering that I was raised like with my African American brothers and sisters from pretty much eighth grade all the way through 11th. They're off of highway 94 in San Diego, which you remember <laughs> Martin Luther King. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and like going to school where 90% of my friends were black. I and mean, because of that, that's what got me involved with gospel music. And I was like, I know what good music now is, you know, <laughs> but that's judgment, by the way, that's <laughs> true. That's my preface. But, <laughs> but the point is, that, and, and even so, like what I do feel qualified to speak on at times and more of so are to the students that I'm teaching at in Chula Vista, because I was born and raised in Chula Vista, I'm a Hispanic young male. I have something to bring to them. I have a history to share with them and saying, I know what it's like to be in your shoes. I know what it's like to shop at the grocery stores you shop at because I grew up going there and technically I still do go there. You know, so it's one of those stories. And and I, I kid you not, I felt lost. Like, how do I address this? How do I address this? with as much appreciation and respect and admiration that I have towards the history of, of black Americans, of the African-American culture of, 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 and, and, and I kid you not, even someone like myself and I'm not Caucasian. I'm, I'm, I'm over here. I'm a, I'm a Hispanic young kid, you know? And I'm like, well, not young anymore, but like, <laughs> not as young as you used to be. Not exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and how do I have these? So I really appreciate you just um, sharing this. And if I can just take the big takeaways that I have is, is first off, it's uh, you mentioned earlier of being able to ask questions as far as like, can you unpack that? Tell me more, you know. And then the other part Be is curious, a, yeah, yeah. Curious. yeah. And I, I feel like if 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 individuals were um, a lot more quick to respond with that, can you unpack that? That there'd be a little bit more empathy <laughs> than we see right now. Oh, yeah. it's just with that simple question. Can you please elaborate on that? Can you understand? Right, right. Help me understand more about that. That's an interesting take, right? Help, yeah. Can you help me understand more about that? Now, here's what I say, Chris, quickly. You want to make sure that you are willing to educate yourself, right? So go pick up a book around what it, right? The 19, the 1619 Project, right? Go and educate yourself about what may have happened that you don't know about. Now, one of the things that I continue to do, even at, to this day, I'm learning things about Black history, about American history, that was never taught to me in school. I think you brought this up earlier. Yeah. There are things that 
or, or the way that it's told to us that it's absolutely untrue or the way that it's written is um is watered down right from from what happened or people have been left out completely yeah um and so i i've i've become a youtube junkie um on history right just yeah. history and just going back in and so what i do is cross-reference sources i was like oh okay that guy said the same thing oh ah, so that must be a data point that's yeah. been validated right so you have to do this like you're doing research right yeah, yeah exactly you got to go back to your 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 graduate school days, man, and, uh, and 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 that intentionality, Chris, gives you the confidence to be able to say, "Hey, did you know, right, that there was a blackout who invented the stoplight?" Yeah, right. Or there are so many things that we have in this in this country that were started by people who are have been disappeared from our history books. Yeah. Um, and so, but here, I'll, 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 I'll give it to you this way. One, educate yourself. Mm -hmm. Two, if you're going to do it, create a safe space for sharing and honoring, right? Mm -hmm. Three, define the goals, common intentions for the conversation, and then set up conversation agreements, right? And then yeah. make sure that you set up time constraints, because otherwise this would go on forever. That's true. Um, so... Open the conversation, ensure the questions are being asked, and then close the meeting with a group check-in. Okay? That's good. Uh, and then in the following days, check in on people, right? And make sure everybody's okay. Make sure you give resources for people who are who may be activated or triggered yeah. by things that have happened traumatically to them. Um, make sure you have uh, uh, mental health resources available, uh, contact information, right? You don't yeah, have to be absolutely. on site. Right. But just right. make sure you have contact information for folks who may be triggered. Um, and also do a trigger warning, right, um, before you start the meeting. That's so good. That is so good. And I know that this concept already is just it's, – it's, I already have ideas stirring in my head of, 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 of different networks that I'm connected with and ways of making uh, – uh, bringing this more awareness within specifically my sphere of San Diego County sure. uh, and teachers here. And um, I'm hoping that – uh, these topics um, aren't um, that they're not forgotten, but then also just kind of left on the back burner that these topics are a continual conversation that we're having and, and, and where people feel included. So I really want to thank you for your time today and yes, for sir. your wisdom. And uh, I mean, I, I, I miss this. I miss having this 15 years ago today, <laughs> uh, not today, but 15 years ago, I got a chance this to hear this every yeah. Monday, Wednesday and Friday at 7 a.m. <laughs> Well, I'm only down to Tuesdays and Thursdays now for one hour and 15 minutes per day. So <laughs> I've earned that. I've earned that. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners today for tuning in. Uh, we hope you enjoyed today's episode and topic. Um, and if you have any questions or if you're feeling a stirring in, 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 in your heart or spirit, please let us know. We'd love to help you and provide resources to support you. Um, we would love to be in touch after this. So please visit us on social media at Innovative Pedic. Um, it's short for Innovative Pedagogy. And click on the link in the bio on either Twitter or Instagram to be taken to uh, the YouTube version of this or whichever platform you enjoy listening to Apple or Spotify. Um, also, please feel free to send an email to cbgarcia at sandiego.edu with questions or topics of discussion. I want to thank you all for tuning in today, and we will catch you later. Thank you.